Hello? <clears throat> Hello? Hello, Director. Bangla? Uh, hi, there's Christy. Oh, hey, Christy. This is Bangla. This is James. Okay. I, just texted, I just texted you, Director. Okay. Hey, everybody. We're uh, The line is open, so we're going to uh, uh, just hold on the speaker's line as well, but the full line is open. So we'll get started in a few moments. We're just waiting for everybody to queue into the call. Uh, so if everybody just has their phone on mute, um, we're going to get started uh, just in a few moments, folks. Thank you. Folks, we still see people dialing in, so we're going to hold for just a moment or two more uh, while we get um, let folks the opportunity to uh, dial into the line. So if you just hold on for a few more moments, uh, we'll get started in a bit. All right, everybody, this is John Falcicchio, uh, the Acting Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development. Uh, just wanted to thank everybody for joining the call. Uh, we've had a lot of questions about the District of Columbia's uh, business programs uh, as well as the SBA programs. So we're uh, happy to have uh, with us today uh, representatives from DEMPED, uh, from our uh, Department of uh, Small and Local Business Development, as well as from the Federal uh, Small Business Administration. And so we've got over 1,000 people on the line listening today, and so we hope to have a little bit of time for our presenters uh, to tell you where we are, and we'll start off with Demped first and Samangali Cook. Then we'll hear from Christy Whitfield uh, about some of the work that uh, the Department of Small and Local Business Development has been doing uh, to uh, let people know about all the great federal programs that are available to folks. And then we'll kick it to uh, Antonio from the Small Business Administration just to walk through some of those. And then we'll all be on for questions. Uh, and I know there are already some folks who have been on some of our previous calls, 
because they've already pressed zero in order to get into the queue to uh, ask a question. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to do that because, like I said, we have over a 1,000 people listening uh, into this call now. But without further ado, let me first start with uh, Demped, and I'm going to have each speaker when you're done, if you could just introduce the next speaker. Uh, so we'll have uh, Sabangwe Cook, who's our Director of Business Development in uh, Demped, uh, talk to you a little bit about what we've been working on and uh, what you can expect next, and then we'll go to Christy after Sabangwe. Sabangwe? Your line should be open. Hello. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Um, so just to give a quick update on what is going on on the uh, micro-grant side of the house, the application uh, has closed. It closed last week on Wednesday. Uh, on Wednesday, and right now we are underway and beginning to uh, start the review process. And so, uh, as you might have heard uh, throughout the week and in communication, that we are um, uh, planning to do a begin award notification uh, process uh, throughout the month of April. Uh, so again, we are going to begin doing the award notifications to applicants throughout the month of of April. Um, I would urge. Uh, everyone who is on the call and also uh, anyone that you might know that is looking for resources to continue to look at the coronavirus.dc.gov website as we are constantly posting uh, different updates for uh, resources that are available. Um, as you may have uh, heard also, there are some additional small business resources, uh, particularly uh, for nonprofits through the Greater Washington Community Foundation. They do have a COVID-19 emergency response fund uh, that has uh, their funding priorities are education and youth, workforce and small business, medical care and access, uh, homelessness and housing, and also generating operating support, general operating support for nonprofits. And those award amounts uh, start at 10000 and go up to $100,000. And they are actively awarding and reviewing uh, applications on a weekly basis. And you can find that information uh, on our coronavirus.dc.gov website as well. Uh, in addition, Verizon uh, Small Business Recovery Fund, uh, in partnership with LISC, otherwise known as the Local Initiative Support Corporation, they've teamed up and have begun also doing some small business uh, support and providing grants as well. Uh, they have a specific focus on entrepreneurs of color, women-owned businesses, and also historically under and also uh, historically underserved communities. And that award amount is up to ten thousand dollars. They just recently closed one round, but also preparing to do their round two, which will begin at some point uh, later on this month in April. And with that, I will uh, close my remarks and kick it back over to the Deputy Mayor. Thank you, Tsvangle. Um And I'll uh, go next to uh, the Director of our Department of Small and Local Business Development, uh, Christy Whitfield. Christy, your line should be open. Uh, thank you, Deputy Mayor, and good afternoon, everybody. So the Department of Small and Local Business Development has been sort of actively working hand-in-hand -hand with our local business community. We run, the, uh, we run the, the Main Street programs on behalf of Mayor Bowser. You know, our Main Streets have not been able to do a lot of their regular activity, um, and what that has meant has been an increase in available funding um, that sometimes goes to street events or different types of kind of programming. 
And what that means is uh, over $600,000 in grant funding has been reprogrammed in individual main streets. There's 24 main streets across the city. And our different main streets have available fundraising, uh, uh, grant funds available. If you're in a main street, um, I strongly encourage you to reach out to your local main street because we know we know the District Bridges, we know the Georgetown Main Street, we know the Upper Torch, uh, the Upper uh, Bladensburg Main Street, all have small grants available that help that could, could be helpful in these difficult times. You know, we had really worked very actively with those main streets to reprogram their budgets quickly and funnel those funnel those resources you know as quickly as we can into the pockets of our small businesses as we know that that's what you need at this time we want to thank the deputy mayor for his help in augmenting our most recent round of robust retail funding which we um, wired into the pockets of the small businesses deputy mayor today so that was an eight-day grant process where we were able to award so thank you for that sir it, it makes um, it a good but, Friday yeah, it's a good Friday. It was a very good Friday to to say, you know, eight days ago that we notified those those businesses that we were able to make that additional award thanks to you. And uh, eight days later, there was money money into their into their pockets. Um, um, we have been working really hard with the Small Business Administration to get as many people to apply for the resources that um, Antonio Doss is going to talk about today. We know that the, the disaster relief fund was made available because Mayor Bowser was the first mayor in the region to ask for that assistance. We wanted our businesses to be the first in line for that assistance. And then the CARES Act made additional um, resources available that will become officially finalized on the 15th. And so I will stop talking and I will introduce Antonio Doss, who is the regional director for the Small Business Administration. And he has the very detailed information. But I will say that when you can't get uh, direct information from the uh, SBA, the DSLBD stands at their ready to help people walk through um, those applications and try and answer as many questions as we can, although the SBA is going to be your, your best and first resource for that information. So thank you, Deputy Mayor. That's the end of my comments. Great. And without further ado, let's uh, hear from Antonio. All right. Well, great. Well, uh, thanks to the Deputy Mayor, uh, to Christy and, and the whole team uh, here at the D.C. government. Uh, we appreciate very much the partnership and the great communication we've been able to enjoy amongst our organization. We're all essentially trying to help small businesses work their way through this scenario, uh, which is, of course, an unprecedented situation. We've never really had something like this hit our whole country at the same time. And so it does take all of us uh, working together. And I'm going to share with you some of the information about the different programs that the Small Business Administration and our other federal partners are doing to create better options for businesses to survive and be in position to be successful post the COVID-19 pandemic environment. Uh, but one of the things I want to make just a comment on up front is, you know, there are a lot of different initiatives, a lot of different programs out. There's a good chance not one single one will answer all the needs that a business has. So, you know, we have this thought that, you know, take advantage of whatever is available to you. Uh, there are some, some considerations you must have in terms of making sure you're not double dipping for the same purposes under the same or multiple pots. But assuming that you have specific needs that you can address with the different programs, by all means, take advantage of those because businesses are going to need all the support that they can get. And it's our objective to try to help you with those options and to make 
a, um, a better situation out of what we're all dealing with right now. So I've got five things I really want to cover, and I'll do them relatively quickly, but it will be longer than what all the other introductions were so far. So uh, I'm going to talk about uh, loan deferrals, uh, talk about some elements of the CARES Act, including the Paycheck Protection Program, which you may hear people say PPP or 3P or something to that effect. I also want to talk about debt relief under the CARES Act. Our economic injury disaster loans is a, a fourth item. And then the entrepreneurial mentoring and coaching support is, uh, is the fifth item. So let's kind of go through this uh, right now. Uh, one of the big things that is available to every small business who has debt outstanding with a bank uh, or a credit union or anybody in the financial sector who's supervised either by the FDIC, the Federal Reserve, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, National Credit Union Administration, they can all offer you the ability to do a loan modification and to defer your existing payments for uh, some period of time, uh, generally anywhere from a couple months to maybe as much as six months. Normally, your bank or your lender is going to be generally unwilling to do this because it means you're in big, big trouble and they're going to have to write your loan down and the examiners are going to come in and say it's not worth anything and it's going to, re it's going to reduce their earnings. And so banks are reluctant to normally take this action. However, our federal partners and all those federal regulatory agencies I just mentioned, in unison sent a letter to all the um, banks and, and financial institutions telling them that they are encouraged to do loan modifications, encouraged to do uh, deferment of loan payments, and that the regulatory agencies, when they come to do examinations and such, are not going to penalize the banks for taking that action. So that's a big move on the part of all of the oversight entities who watch over banks and things. So that's a, that's a potential thing for you to do right now. It doesn't necessarily cost you a whole lot of anything other than to communicate with your bank. Uh, similarly, <clears throat> excuse me, at the SBA, uh, if you have um, an SBA loan outstanding, you can also go to your lender and say you'd like to get a loan to firm it and we'll defer your existing SBA loan, whether it's an SBA 7A or a 504 or a micro loan, up to six months as well. So just think about it this way. If you're paying a certain amount every month, it could be a couple hundred bucks. For some businesses, it's like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. If you don't have to make that loan payment right now, that's money that you can use to cover other expenses that you normally would cover from income that, you, that comes in, but in this case, that income is not coming in anywhere near what it was before. So that's loan deferrals, and that, that's, again, something I would highly recommend you take a look at. A second area I want to get into is the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Program. And, again, this is something that Congress and, and the administration as an executive branch and, and legislative branch a combined effort to provide this sweeping legislation and included in this was $350 billion for SBA to administer a loan program to help businesses, including sole proprietorships, 
people who are self-employed, people who are independent contractors, as well as nonprofits, veterans organizations, and tribal concerns. And recently, we've also added uh, religious organizations to that list. So that's a new uh, element. And in fact, as I share with you the information about these programs, uh, it's been a bit of a fluid environment. Uh, we, as a federal government, only actually passed this law uh, literally about two weeks right now. And normally, the time between a law being passed and when it's really implemented with rules and regulations outlined is using many months, not two weeks. And in fact, we actually started this program last week. So there's going to be some adjustments along the way as we uh, kind of refine what needs to be communicated and we set the agenda a little bit better. These loans give a business the ability to borrow up to $10 million. It's so different from any of the lending criteria that banks typically use. And so I want to make that very, very clear right up front. If you're normally working with a bank or a lender and they're asking for three years of your business financial statements and three years of your tax returns for your business and same thing with your personal information and your personal financial statement, none of that really applies in its traditional form in this particular loan. We're really looking at what your monthly payroll typically is and providing two and a half months times that amount as the loan amount. So if you have an understanding of what your regular payroll is, multiply that times two and a half for that monthly amount, and that will give you what we're pre prepared to fund you with uh, during that uh, time period, which is essentially covering eight weeks or two months worth of your payroll. It's a very streamlined application process. Uh, and the, the great thing about this program is that if you really use these funds for your payroll, and we're going to come back and ask you to document that you have used them for your payroll, we'll actually forgive most, if not all, of the loan, depending on what other proceeds you used it for. So you can actually get this money, use it for payroll to keep money in the, the hands of your employees so they can exist and buy the things and cover the expenses they need without losing your employees uh, and potentially having them go to work someplace else. And we'll forgive you the loan if that's really what you're using the purposes of this, that money for. There's no loan fees involved. There's no collateral involved for you as a borrower. Uh, in fact, we don't even ask for a payment for the first six months of the loan. Ideally, the loan will be forgiven by the time we get to the port, part where payment will be involved. So it's a streamlined uh, version of anything we've ever really done, and it's a, it's a great program. Uh, we've got banks uh, lined up. I will tell you, most of the banks are focused on their customers right now. Um, that's their target is to satisfy the people who've already been banking with them. We are also signing up additional banks. We've got some banks who have not been as active in SBA, uh, so we're signing those banks, those clients up, or excuse me, those banks up so they can serve clients. And uh, we're also working more with uh, online lenders and even those in the, in the FinTech uh, field. So we'll have more and more uh, happening there. Uh, another key piece of the CARES Act uh, is the idea of small business debt relief, and we have a small business debt relief program. Here's how this relates to SBA loans. Again, SBA 7A, 
504 and microloans. Uh, if you have those, any of those, you know that you have them. Uh, for existing SBA loans, we will automatically pay the principal, the interest, and the fees of that 7A loan, that 504 loan, or that microloan for a period of six months. That's if you've got a loan with us already. And you say, well, I don't have a loan with you already, but I'm thinking about getting a loan because I did want to do some things and the Paycheck Protection Program isn't really what I need to do these things. We're also going to provide debt relief on those. So if you're getting ready to get an SBA loan, and if you get it before September 27th of this year, we will again automatically pay six months of your principal, interest, and fees on a new SBA 7A, 504, or microloan. So those are big things for us to be doing. We have not ever really done anything like that in the past. The last area I want to talk to is the economic injury disaster loans. Now, you know, you heard about the Paycheck Protection Program earlier. Those are loans, again, that you work through your lender, your bank to get. These economic injury disaster loans, these are actually direct loans between you as a borrower and SBA as a lender. So you actually go online to sba.gov to apply for these loans. Uh, these loans are authorized up to a maximum of $2 million, and you can get up to 10000 as an advance as a part of your application. Now, this up to $10,000 amount is essentially $1,000 for every employee in your organization. So if you've got six employees, that means $6,000. If you've got 25 employees, it still only means $10,000 because it's capped at $10,000. So 10 or more employees gets $10,000. And if you've got less than 10 employees, however many you have times $1,000 is how you determine how many dollars you'll get as an advance. And again, that's, that's uh, not to be repaid. That's just an advance to get you going. Uh, there are fixed rate interest rates on these loans for 3.75% for small businesses, and because we're also lending to nonprofits, a fixed rate of 2.75 for nonprofits. This is working capital money. It's really not designed for business expansion or purchasing equipment or anything big. It's really just keeping the lights on, keeping the payroll going, those kind of things. And so in this case, very, very, very unusually, we've actually set a term of repayment at 30 years. So normally your working capital loans are one year, maybe two or three years tops. 30 years is like what you get for a mortgage. So this was our, our agency's attempt to make these as affordable as we possibly could. And because of the COVID-19 environment, we're not requiring a payment from you for a full 12 months. So just to illustrate, if you get a loan on May 1st, 2020, you don't have to start paying us back until May 1st, 2021. Uh, also with these loans, because we have had uh, such strong demand for them, uh, and we, and we made, had to make a decision about how we were going to handle a scenario where either we didn't have enough money to fund all the requests as they came in, um, we decided as an agency that we would actually put a, 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 uh, 
make the first installment of the loan max out at $15,000 right now. So a business may actually qualify for, let's say, $500,000, but given our current funding scenario, we're going to initially uh, authorize a loan of $15,000. That's separate than the $10,000 that I mentioned earlier or the up to $10,000 that I mentioned earlier that is forgivable. So those are a couple things that are new. As I said earlier, you know, this is a constantly evolving program. And so I wanted to make sure you guys were up on the latest uh, in, in that area. And I think with that, the last point I just want to cover is, you know, a lot of focus is on getting money right now. And I understand only because you have bills to pay and you're trying to keep your people on board. Uh, there's a lot of strategic decisions that you're also going to have to make about your company and your business and how you operate. We don't know what the new environment will be once we get to the post-COVID-19, but for sure it will be something different than what it is right now. And I would highly recommend that you not try to make all your decisions on your own about where you take your company. Take advantage of the resources and the resource partners that we have within the Small Business Development Center, including our small business uh, within SBA, including our Small Business Development Center, which is uh, housed at Howard University uh, and has locations around the, the district, our Women's Business Center uh, right on 15th Street, our uh, SCORE office, uh, which has mentors who can help you. Uh, they're volunteer people who have got great business experience. And we even have a Veterans Business Outreach Center that serves D.C. Uh, we work in cooperation and conjunction with DEMPAD and DSLBD and others to make sure we're available to support you. Most everybody right now, as you could imagine, is working in a remote, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a FaceTime or Skype or Zoom or some kind of connection, but we can still help you and help you work through your challenges and help you think through your application process if that's something uh, that we can assist with as well. So with that, it's promised it was going to be longer than everybody said, uh, spoke earlier, but I wanted to make sure you had the latest information and be happy to answer questions uh, whenever we're at the question and answer time. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio. That was very thorough, and uh, there's a lot that is on the table for uh, D.C. Uh, small businesses, and as you mentioned, some are even uh, available to nonprofit and faith organizations as well. Uh, so I want to thank you for that thorough overview. Um, I'm going to open it up for questions now. If you have any questions, uh, press zero at this time, uh, and that will allow us to see uh, you and put you in the queue uh, for questions. And so uh, we also wanted to flag that we've been joined. Uh, we saw uh, some of the questions coming in, and some of them have to relate to uh, unemployment insurance. And so uh, uh, while we were uh, hearing the presentation from SBA, we asked uh, Dr. Unique Morris-Hughes from the Department of uh, Employment Services to join the line uh, and just want to check. Uh, Director, can you hear us? I can. Thank you for inviting me to participate, and I'm happy to answer any questions that may come up. All right, great. We're going to uh, start going to questions with that, and why don't we go to Marjorie in uh, Ward 4. Uh, your line should be open, Marjorie. Oh, wow, first. Okay. Um, well, thank you for doing this. I've, I, you have to stop me because I've got a, a lot of questions. Um, just this is a yes or no. Um, is the Marion Berry Summer Youth problem, pro Program going ahead? 
That's my first. Um, so, Deputy Mayor, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to take this one. Sure. Okay, so um, we are still planning to proceed, um, and um, we take our cues and direction from the mayor on this, um, and there has not been an announcement that there is any changes to the uh, current plan or schedule. So we continue to plan and engage employers, and if something changes, um, we will make sure to uh, update everyone immediately. Thank you. And next we'll go to Solomon in Ward 2. Solomon, your line should be open. Uh, Solomon, can you hear us? Uh, yes, hello? Yeah, this is uh, Solomon Sister. We're a partner. We located at uh, 9th Street, 1449th Street. And, Great. Uh, Your question? Yeah, I don't know how long that will take the process, and we're like uh, with no many, with uh, four families, and how long that will take, and, and sure. I don't know. For the SBA process? Yeah. And maybe, Antonio, can you speak to that a little bit about how long uh, uh process will take for evaluation? All right, so we have, as I mentioned, two different tracks going on this. So for the Paycheck Protection Program loans, uh, all of the lenders are pretty active in accepting applications right now, and they're all working through uh, putting these through their loan approval process. It's different, it's new, and it's going to take them a little bit of time to work through it, but they're pushing really, really hard. So we're anticipating in the coming week uh, more of those loans will actually start to get approved. It's hard to make a, a blanket statement because each lender kind of is working through their own individual processes. However, once they make a loan commitment and they make the approval, then the goal and the plan according to the rules that are outlined by uh, the Treasury Department is that those loans should be funded within 10 calendar days. So if you get an approval notification on Tuesday, you know, Ten days after that, uh, you're, you should have the funding in place. Trying to push the money as quick as we can. Uh, on the economic injury disaster loans, uh, we had a backlog when we first started uh, very significantly. We actually revamped our whole underwriting approach and our, our portal for accepting new applications. And as a result, uh, we're going to be able to push our loans through a lot faster as well. More of those are starting to get approved right now, and I would suspect within the next week we'll start to see again a lot more of those applications get approved. I would think at this point that we're still probably at an 18 to 21 day timeline before uh, load approval is communicated. Uh, and that'll be dependent again on you know, how quick our new systems uh, work and our ability to process those applications. Thank you, Antonio. Next up is Amy in Ward 6, uh, who had a uh, question about PPP. Amy, your line is open. Hi, um, thank you for taking my question. So my question is, um, I bank with Wells Fargo, and Wells Fargo has closed the application process as of right now for the Paycheck Protection Plan, and I've been trying to find a bank that does it if you don't bank with them. Is there any resources such as that, or do I just wait for Wells Fargo to open it back up? 
And so, so Wells Fargo's situation is particularly uh, unique, and so I want to just try to address it uh, briefly because I don't have all the, the real particulars on it. Uh, Wells Fargo initially uh, was a little bit slow to get in. Then they got in, and quickly they hit a limit, and they, were, they basically weren't able to take any more applications. The limit that they hit was because there was an imposed rule by their regulator that spoke to how much they could accept under certain kind of loans and, uh, and certain kind of assets that were going to be on their books. So once they hit that number, they had to freeze. Again, an, an example of how our regulators are working with this, the regulators uh, have now come back as of two days ago and told the Wells Fargo, we're going to temporarily lift that requirement that you have, that limit that, that's on Wells Fargo, so Wells Fargo can participate more. This will be a good time to, to reach back to your, uh, your, your branch or your banker at Wells Fargo and inquire about where they are with the application process because hopefully it's now back open and they're, they're accepting more borrower applications. And Antonio, on that, I think right. I think they opened it um, uh, up again yesterday, but I, it's best for everyone to check with their bank, uh, in this case Wells Fargo, uh, just to see when their window uh, will be open uh, would be our advice. Uh, next up, question for uh, Lucy, or from Lucy in Ward uh, 3. Lucy, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Thank you very much. Uh, um, piggybacking on the um, previous lady's question of other banks, because I'm an independent contractor and I bank with two different more brokerages. They're not doing it. Um, are there other banks that, if you don't have an account with them, that was the second part of that lady's question, or, and or as an independent contractor, any of these other programs, What's the best one, um, you know, for me? Um, so answering the question about which one is the best for you would require to understand a little bit more about your particular situation. So for that, I would recommend, um, you know, have a chance to have some good consultation on it. Uh, we can uh, assist you through our district office. And then also I mentioned all the resource partners like our Small Business Development Center, SCORE, uh, you can reach out to any of those entities. If you go on our website at sba.gov, uh, there is a listing of our, um, our resource partners, and you can also put in your zip code, and it will tell you which ones are closest to you so you can know how to get in touch with them. Um, in terms of um, additional lenders, uh, that's been a, a, a challenge for us uh, these last few days as we're bringing on new lenders. Uh, to have a good, strong list of those who are actively participating in the program. So some of the ones that we understand are, are, are back on online and accepting uh, applications are ones that are um, online lenders, uh, such as uh, Ready Capital and uh, Cabbage is another one that we understand is, is taking new applicants right now but we're constantly trying to build that list to find out uh, what position the, the banks and the lenders are in terms of being able to use this program right now. So you can, you can reach back to our office and also if you go onto our website, there's a, a link that asks uh, 
it helps you find which lenders are participating in the program. And so that's another way you can get to the information. Thank you, Antonio. And Unique, can you talk about uh, independent contractors and how uh, they might be able to utilize unemployment insurance? Sure, for sure. Um, so uh, recently the CARES Act was passed, and um, un because of the Par CARES Act, the federal government authorized what we call PUA, and PUA is Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. And this opened up the eligibility criteria um, for individuals to receive uh, unemployment insurance. So the eligibility uh, standards that you have to meet for PUA is that you have to be an independent contractor, self-employed, or a gig worker. Um, some of the frequently asked questions related to PUA is, how much money will I get um, through PUA? So there is a formula, and this is determined by your earnings. Um, we ask individuals to prove their earnings by providing tax records or other relevant documents that would show your earnings, um, plus um, an additional $600 payment that the federal government uh, has authorized. So it would be a weekly benefit amount that would be calculated based on your previous earnings, um, and then the $600 amount. Additionally, individuals that are eligible for PUA um, can obtain the benefit for a maximum of 39 weeks, um, and that's also because of the CARES Act. So unemployment insurance benefits were extended. Um, now, the $600 payment is only available until July 25th, um, and that's for everybody, but all benefits uh, other than the $600 payment has been extended um, for a total of 39 weeks. The application is not available yet for PUA, but we're asking anyone who thinks they may qualify, so you're a gig worker, you're an independent contractor, you're self-employed, to go to PUA at DC.gov. And that email address is, again, PUA at dc.gov. Um, also, you can go on um, coronavirus.dc.gov, and there is a, um, a section under recovery where you can find information um, about the PUA program. Thank you, Unique. Um, we did also have a couple of questions about the microgrant program. Uh, and the timeline for that. And just to make sure folks know that the uh, microgrant program is currently, uh, the applications are being evaluated and the grants uh, will be awarded uh, in April. Uh, so I wanted to make sure folks knew that. Uh, next up, we have a question from uh, Rashida in Ward 8. Uh, your line is open. Rashida, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Rashida, we're having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Can you speak up a bit? Yes, can you hear me now? That's much better. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Um, my question is for faith-based organizations, um, what is the process after the a waiver has been submitted? So there is an option on the order that um, small or organizations can submit a waiver um, if they are a non-essential business. So what is the process after that happens? 
Sure, that uh, process is evaluated. Uh, the process for that is the NE waivers uh, uh, reviewed by our uh, uh, DC Homeland Security Emergency Management Agency, um, and uh, they will evaluate it and then be back to the applicant. Um, I'm not aware of uh, any that have been issued thus far, uh, but we can check in with HCMA after this call. Uh, so we'll uh, be sure to do that. Uh, we have time for just a few more questions. Um, so we're just uh, looking uh, through the queue here, uh, and let's go um, to um, uh, Brandon in Ward 3. Brandon, your line is open. Thank you very much for taking the call and a, a trove of information here, so greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, my, my question is a little bit more strategic in nature, and, and maybe you might have an answer, maybe you don't, but the surest way to um, help out the unemployed here in D.C. and small businesses is to articulate a plan to how we reopen business and what metrics we need to see in order to do that. So is there anything you can share along those lines? And and I know you can't give a date certain, but what do we what are we what are we expected to see? How is the mayor going to be making a decision about this? Sure. So it's John. I could take a little bit uh, try to get to that question a little bit. So uh, as you know, the current uh, status is in place until April 24th. So that's two weeks from today. Uh, what we know is that uh, the best way to help us flatten the curve is to ensure that uh, our residents are. Uh, practicing good social distancing. And so as uh, we uh, look at the data that's coming back from uh, testing and uh, hospitalization rates, uh, we analyze that uh, at, well, when I say we, our Department of Health analyzes that, and we'll look to uh, see what trends we want, uh, that we want to see that we see a, a reduced uh, spread of coronavirus. That will inform us about how long we expect uh, to be in this posture. So I can tell you that early next week, uh, we're going to continue to get uh, the latest data from DC Health and then update folks on uh, all different uh, types of uh, modified operations. So that goes for DC public schools, uh, as well as uh, the charter schools, which have been in alignment with DC public schools. It goes for the DC government and its uh, modified telework status as well as uh, those who have been closed or restricted. Uh, so next week we have to ha hope to have more guidance uh, for uh, small businesses as well as one of those groups uh, in order to make sure that folks have a sense of uh, where we are heading uh, as we approach the April 24th um, uh, uh, date. So that's where we are right now. Um, and let me see if we can ask, uh, get one or two more questions here. Um, and let's go to Ahmed in Ward 2. Uh, your line's open. Ahmed, can you hear us? We might have lost him. Uh, oh, yeah. I, don't know. I hear you. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Yes, sir. My question is, I am a new owner in, uh, in D.C. for a small restaurant. And we didn't open yet. We took over from like uh, almost October 2019. We've been doing a renovation and everything. We're waiting for inspection, and we passed the construction inspection, and we were we were ready for health inspection. By the time we want to pass the inspection, you, I mean, the DC is stopped. Like you know, there is no more inspection. There is no more permit. 
but we've been struggling to pay rent and utilities for all these five months or six months. My question, are we getting any grants to, like, you know, to go over this crisis or loan? Because we don't have any tax from last year. We, like, we are new from 2019. Thank you. All right, thank you. And that's a good question. Um, Antonio, for SBA programs, if it's a new business, how can they access uh, programs uh, that the SBA has to offer? Yeah, this is one of the, uh, amongst many, one of the pain points for the whole situation we're in. And our uh, paycheck protection program and, you know, our loan programs are really geared uh, for this recovery period for businesses who were in operation and are not able to operate under normal circumstances because of this. So, for example, uh, if you were in, in, oper- in normal operation as of September, I just made up a, a month there, as of February 15th, then um, you're considered eligible for these programs. But there are a number of businesses who were in, you know, the case like the med, they were in process of putting their business together and opening up and getting materials and, you know, painting and all the stuff that you have to do to prep to open, but they weren't in existence then. So the funding doesn't count, uh, doesn't support them uh, in that way. Um, You know, it is still possible to seek support for uh, initial working capital and such through a bank, including for our SBA programs like the ones I spoke to earlier, where we're even doing the, um, the first six months payment uh, if, if your amount that you're looking for is, say, $50,000 or less, a lot of our microloan programs can still help you at this point. But the specific relief programs for the coronavirus uh, require that the business had already been in operation at the time that we really uh, started implementing these programs. Great. Uh, we have time for two more questions. So we're going to go to David, who had a question about uh, loan modifications, David. Yeah, hi there. I, I was wonder. Um, I was wondering if I might. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Good time. Yeah. I was wondering if I might be able to change the question as you as the as the questions are sifting. Um, it was more. To, I wanted to ask another question about PUA and the insurance and the uh, unemployment insurance. I've sure. got uh, a few uh, independent contractors. That quite a few independent contractors that work with me, and so it's more on their behalf. Um, I understand that there's an email address and a website, and as you can only imagine, um, we're all behind closed doors. Um, what is the mitigation strategy of having the, infl- having the maximum flux of people coming your way to apply to this? Is there going to be an online process? I understand, I'm, and I'm taking a look at the, the website now, and I know there's one email address, and this is all coming April 15th. Um, is there any things in place that you're able to share at this point before April 15th? Great, David. Yeah, you, go ahead, Unique. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to provide um, a preview. Um, so it will be an online application uh, process. We are not like other states where there is a, a manual uh, paper-based application. It will be streamlined. Um, it will be online. We're asking individuals to um, email us before. So as soon as the application comes online, we can contact you immediately um, to let you know that the application 
application is available online. Um, in terms of what to expect in processing time, um, we always quote 21 days to process a claim. However, um, the District of Columbia has been pretty successful in getting claims out within 14 days. Um, and so that's what you should expect in terms of uh, response and approval, affirmative approval. Great. Thank you, Unique. Uh, let's go to our last question, uh, which is going to be from R.D. Um, Carter, I think, uh, from Ward 5. Can you hear us? You're on the, your line should be yeah, open. Thank you. thank you very much for taking my question. Uh, I wanted to find out, I'm a company of one with a, one part-time worker, and I wanted to find out under the disaster loan program, uh, if I qualify as a person, as a payroll person, since I'm, the, the company's basically myself uh, working full-time, and then I got one part-time person. So how is that classified? And the other part, if I could, to, to a, a different type of question, this PUA, I applied for unemployment, uh, and they turned me down. And uh, the, 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 I did get through to the phone line. The lady I spoke with didn't know anything about this PUA uh, process. So can somebody elaborate on that? All right. Why don't we have Antonio? Do you mind taking the first part? And then we'll go to Unique for the second question. Sure thing. Thanks very much. Well, in this case, for the Paycheck Protection Program loans, one plus one equals two. So yes, as a sole independent, a sole proprietor, independent contractor, you'd automatically qualify as one person. So for that $10,000 or up to $10,000 advance, that would be $1,000. And for your other person, even though they're part-time, they're still considered to be a person under your employment. So that would make two people. So for the advance, you could get up to $2,000 for that. And if you have additional, um, you know, payroll needs that you have for the eight weeks that uh, are beyond that, then certainly uh, you could put in for the Paycheck Protection Program loan. Uh, you'll just want to make sure you can document what your payroll expenses are so that once you get the loan and it's time to consider it for forgiveness, there'll be a comparison between uh, the loan application time payroll and what you've done uh, since you've gotten the money with the idea being that the numbers look pretty much the same because you've taken these dollars and kept your people on payroll. And I'm happy to jump in here and, and um, answer your questions on PUA. Um, I'm trying to not uh, or trying to not use acronyms and actually say what it is. But um, PUA is Pandemic Unemployment Assistance um, for uh, independent contractors, gig workers, or self-employed. Um, the criteria is that you have to fall into one of those categories. Um, what I would recommend is you email us at covid19.ui at dc.gov. Again, that's covid19, all one word, .ui at dc.gov. Um, it sounds like your uh, circumstances and situation may be a little complex if you are a uh, 
um, an employer and um, um, applying for unemployment insurance. So I'd like to talk through your circumstances um, and make sure we point you in the right direction and get you some help. So covid19.ui at dc.gov is our escalation email, um, and we can get you some assistance there. Great. Well, I want to thank everyone who joined the call, uh, our speakers first and foremost. Uh, we also uh, just want to note that we had over 2,000 people uh, join this call. Uh, so if you think it was helpful, we can uh, work to do it again uh, in the near future. Uh, we know how stressful this time is, and we want to thank everybody uh, for their patience and understanding as we work through uh, so many uh, issues uh, in order to make sure that we're uh, making DC as safe as possible during this public health emergency, and uh, we'll be in touch with you about more information, with, about more programs uh, as we roll them out. And I just want to thank the team uh, for being on the call today and for the work that they do every day. Uh, we uh, are constantly updating coronavirus.dc.gov, so we ask that you check out coronavirus.dc.gov. That has more information uh, from our, the district's uh, economic recovery team, uh, and we have a page uh, uh, under which uh, all of this information is listed. And so if you go to coronavirus.dc.gov, check out the recovery page, and that's where you'll find uh, really a good chunk of information about uh, resources for you, your business, and your employees. Uh, so we want to thank everybody again. Uh, and uh, be safe this weekend. Thank you, everyone.